Tisha Bader. As we continue to cover the situation in Israel, a devastating milestone was marked this past Sunday, January the 14th, 100 days since the October 7th massacre committed by terror group Hamas and 100 days of captivity for the hostages taken that day that remain in captivity in horrific circumstances in Gaza. There were walks and rallies and events held around the world to mark the 100 days and to continue the urgent call for the immediate release of all the hostages. Here in New York, some 2,000 people walked and ran in Central Park for that cause. Shani Granot Lubaton is co-founder of the Hostage and Missing Families Forum, and she also leads the Run for Their Lives campaign in New York, which has runners and walkers in the park every Sunday to call for the hostages' release. And she joins us now from New York to talk about these grassroots efforts. Shani, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So before we get to the events of this past Sunday, can you just tell us about the formation of the Hostage and Missing Families Forum, which you, you put together very, very quickly, immediately, almost after the horrendous slaughter on October the 7th? How did that all happen? Well, personally, um, I was also part of the group that was leading the pro-democracy movement here in New York and the protest movement for the democracy in Israel. Um, and just the same as it happened in Israel, the, the pro-democracy movement swiftly became uh, the, the movement that helped the, the survivors and and to buy life-saving gear to, to soldiers. So we just did the same. It was 1130 at night on October 6th here in, in New York when when we started getting from our friends and families in the South the news that this is what was going on. Um, and we immediately created a platform to fundraise for um, to, to help the, the survivors from the South because it was very obvious from the messages we were getting that people were under a, an attack that we've never seen before. Um, so we were working throughout the night to create this platform for them and then um, to fundraise for life-saving gear for soldiers. And within two days, when we found out that there are hostages, we created the New York uh, kind of headquarters of the of the Hostages Families Forum here. Um, we actually didn't know, my husband and I didn't know, know that we have our own relatives that were taking hostage when we did it. Um, and it was only 10 days after uh, the massacre when we heard that uh, my husband's cousins, who we were all, we, we, we were uh, told that they were all murdered um, because they found two bodies of his family members um, and the house was totally burned down. So everybody thought that no one was left alive. But after 10 days, um, the IDF told the family that there are signs that um, Omer, my husband's cousin, Chen Goldstein Almog, and her three children, Tal Agam and um, Gal, were taken as hostage, while the oldest daughter, Yam, and the father, Nadav, were murdered. So we knew that there are four family members uh, that were alive in Gaza. 
Um, and we were already working on the hostages family forum here in New York when we found out about it. So um, we didn't even know that we had a personal relationship before that. You know, there are no words for what happened that day. And there are no words that I can convey to you. But I please know that I'm, we offer you our deepest, deepest condolences for your personal losses. It's unimaginable. And I'm so sorry. Um, we, were, we were actually lucky that, um, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, right? But we were lucky enough that Chen and the three young children uh, were released on the um, deal that we had 50 days ago. And after uh, 53 days in captivity, they were released um, to find out that um, the father and the eldest daughter were murdered and were not waiting for them. Unimaginable. Can I ask you how they're doing? Uh, well, Chen, um, Omar's uh, cousin, became a bereaved mother, um, a homeless person, um, a hostage, and uh, she lost her husband all in the very same day. So even when she was released, uh, I think the only thing, I mean, they could have stopped fighting for their own lives and, and fight to survive in captivity, but now there's so much loss and so much to grieve for and to try to kind of build their lives again after losing so much and so many community members from Kibbutz Kfa Aza, where they, they, they're from, uh, are still in captivity. Um, Chen and Agam. Agam is, is the daughter that was in captivity with her. She's 17 years old. So both of them were talking a lot with other young women that are still in captivity, they were stayed with them. Uh, they met them in part of the time before they were released. And um, they were told how much these women are going through sexual abuse. And they shared how it's nothing that happened only on October 7th. It's something, it's something that they're going through in captivity as we speak every day. Um, and for them to be released and to know what is going on there and what they've left behind and who they left behind um, is unbearable. And from the very moment they were released, they're fighting for the ones that were left behind and they're going to all the protests and they're interviewing and they're doing everything they can uh, to push for a new deal and to release all 136 remain hostages in Gaza. That's an incredible because the, the trauma they have been through is unimaginable. I know I keep using that word, but that's the only word I have to describe these things. Um, the the personal trauma, what they went through, as, as you mentioned, um, your cousin lost her husband and her oldest daughter. Her remaining children lost their sister and their father. It is, you know, one loss like this is devastating. I cannot imagine the scope of what they're going through. And to choose, because it it is a choice to have the strength to say, I'm going to keep fighting. And I'm not going to forget what I just experienced. I'm going to do what whatever I can to help those who are still being held is, is really remarkable. And, you know, I just wish them all the best because it, what they experienced will take many, 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 a, a long time to process and hopefully someday heal. But just commend them for what they're doing right now. It's It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're getting a lot of inspiration and strength for them. Crazy it is to say um, they give us strength because they went through so much 
and they're not stopping to fight. So we don't get the privilege to stop either. Um, and as heartbroken as we are, um, especially after this recent weekend, marking 100 days and the news that followed after about the two hostages that were murdered in captivity. Um, we we met um, Yossi Sharabi, who was murdered. We met his daughters and his nieces. They were here in New York in a delegation three weeks ago. We're very close with them. Um, so it's a very personal loss this time. Um, but yeah, we, we simply, we can't stop, right? Because nobody... Nobody that came back stops. They're all fighting. Even we see the children, they're fighting. Uh, we had Hilal Otem Shoshani, 13-year-old, young child. She's so, you would I want to say naive. Of course, she's not, but because everything she's went through, but she's such a, she's, she's such a child still. She's a child, 13. And exactly. And she's not even a teenager yet. Um and then um, she came here all the way after being released from 50 days in captivity just to make the world hear what she went through and how important it is to, to save all these lives that we left behind. So we just, we see her, we see Chen and Agam and all the hostages that were released and we know that we can't stop. So um, she was present at the walk um, in Central Park on Sunday, and I, I was there. Um, this was the first such event that I was able to get to, and I'm so grateful that you organized this because I, I just found out about it recently, and I was able to get there on Sunday, and it was a privilege to be part of what you're doing, seriously. Um, so she came, as you mentioned, she's 13, and there were other family members of hostages who flew to New York specifically for this weekend, marking the 100 days to be there for these events. The walk in Central Park was amazing. There was an estimated 2,000 people who showed up. Uh, there was an hourglass installation in Times Square to remind people that time is running out for these hostages. Um, there was a gathering across from the United Nations on Friday. There were events, as I mentioned, across the globe, which is heartwarming and it is inspiring. And at the same time, as you said, it is heartbreaking that we reached this point of the 100 days. We, who could have imagined that on October the 7th, even that this would still be, it is an ongoing nightmare. Frankly, I couldn't believe um, I've been working on um, civil society campaigning for years now in Israel. Uh, we came here to New York just a bit more than a year because my husband is doing his master's here in Colombia. Uh, we thought we'll get a one-year pass from the intensity of Israel, and obviously we didn't. But um, I mean, never in my life I would think that I am to run voluntarily a hostages families forum uh, in New York. <laughs> Never in my life I would believe that it would take that long to release children and women and elderly and youth um, from captivity in Gaza by a terrorist, sadist organization. Um, this is a moment of real darkness. Um, I I fear for their lives daily, nightly. Um, tomorrow we mark. Uh, one year 
celebration, if you can call it that way, a birthday to Kfir, Kfir Bibas. He's the youngest of the hostages. Um, we always said that we have hostages less than a year and to 85 years old from five different um, uh, religions from over 20 nationalities. And the fact that Kfir is reaching one year old tomorrow, uh, going through a quarter of his life in captivity is just unimaginable. Um, it's it's devastating in ways that I think every every mother, every parent feels in their stomach. It's just, I can't believe we're going through this. Um, I wish the world, I wish my own government, uh, I wish everyone would understand how unbearable it is to the families and how immediately we need to bring them home and that there is no price that is not worth to pay. The Jewish people is a life-cherishing nation. We are um, pro-life more than anything. And for that, we need to bring them home now in every price. There's there's nothing, there's nothing more important than that. Um, it's the number one mission to me, to the families, to us. And uh, Shani, you've been organizing these these walk run events, um, and they happen not just in New York, but in uh, states all over the U.S. and cities across the United States. Um, since the massacre happened, I think it was the first Sunday following, and every Sunday since. Um, I know the one just this past Sunday was the largest because it was the 100 days, and obviously people came out that don't normally go. Um, I'm wondering what the experience has been as far as have you had any people protesting or people giving you a hard time or just, you know, sharing anything that has been anti-Israel or anti what you're doing? As you mentioned um, at the walk this past Sunday, you sort of advise people to stay together close to each other in the walk because it's not always uh, the best days to be waving an Israeli flag these days, unfortunately and sadly, but that's the reality. So I just wonder um, what the experience has been from October and through now. Um, well, it goes both ways. So from one direction, um, it feels like it's an amazing support um, for us, for me as an Israeli, um, getting to know the American Jewish community it's a real privilege that we got this year. Um, unfortunately, in the circumstances, I mean, we've we've never wanted to to reach to that moment. But uh, the support, the amount of American Jews that a lot of them don't have personal relationship to hostages or to hostages family members, but they're coming and they're talking about these people as if they were their brothers and sisters, and they they won't stop coming until the very last of them will come home, rain or shine, they'll be there. So this is a very um, heartwarming feeling for us. Um, I think that no one from the Israeli community in New York has ever anticipated. Um, and it's 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 a great um, moment for us, this unity and this feeling of support. And also that's a very strong feedback we're getting from the hostages family members that were this weekend and that are coming throughout these months that they were coming uh, to these events. And each time they're just shocked by the amount of support that they're getting. Um, so this is the positive part. 
And of course, the negative part is when we get spit on or yelled at um, or um, being in different ways uh, threatened. It doesn't happen a lot. I mean, it happens every weekend, but usually like one person or two that dares to kind of uh, uh, threaten us or spit on us or yell. Um, we always make sure that there is a, a police escort around us. Um, and also Mark Levine, the president of Manhattan World, just spoke this last uh, weekend, is very helpful. And uh, they're always checking in if there's anything that happened. They're taking notes. They're taking uh, reports. They're trying to make us feel safe. Um, and I must say that we do feel that the NYPD uh, does their job by making us feel free to to be there and to feel safe. So that's very appreciated for us. Absolutely. It's so important. And you were talking about the support because, you know, you think, well, I'll go to this rally, but what will it really change? And what is it really going to do if one more person is there or if I go or if they go? And, you know, one very clear answer to me First of all, again, from my personal experience of being there on Sunday, it was so moving for me personally to be surrounded by this group of people that we were all chanting the same message, bring them home now. Number two, as you said, to be there to support the hostage families. I just wanted to hug them all, you know, I, for my own feeling of wanting to do something because we we do as American Jews. And even as Israelis living in the U.S., um, as you noted, the crowd was probably half and half on Sunday. People feel they want to do something. It's a feeling of being helpless and you don't want to feel helpless. You want to feel that you can do something, even if it is just to show support. And then also to show people in Israel to share these videos, to show these pictures that they are not alone, that we are here. The Jews of the diaspora are with them in heart 100%. And if not, if for nothing else, I think that is of such great value. Definitely. Um, first of all, I think many people don't know, but there are many, many hostage family members that live in New York um, that are American Israelis or Israeli Americans that live here. Um, we have parents of hostages that live here. Um, and now they're are third between Israel and here, but um, we have very close uh, people to hostages that live here and they're coming every week. And for them to feel the support, for them to feel that there's this huge community that supports them, that walks with them this this um, long way, unfortunately, um, is is to me priceless. And I would I would hold their hand in every, in every moment and we won't stop. Um, and, and I trust on this community that we won't stop. We saw people coming out on minus five degrees, snow, rain, shine. Um, people really come at every weather, holiday or not. Every every Sunday, every Friday morning, we're in front of the um, uh, Secretary Guterres, the UN Secretary General. We're standing outside of his house every Friday morning. Um, so we see People are coming every weekend um, and and also almost every weekend we have hostages, family members that are flying from Israel. Uh, they're 
coming to meet the Red Cross. They're they're coming to meet ambassadors in the UN. Uh, they're coming for meetings at uh, DC. Um, and and we see the Biden administration very helpful to them. So they have all these meetings. And then during the weekend, when there are no meetings, they get to meet us and they get to see the support in all these rallies and, and demonstrations. And the fact that we're standing with them and we're giving them the stage to tell their stories, to meet the press, um, to keep the, their stories alive on the media, not to let people forget about the 136 hostages Sometimes it feels like the world kind of want to move on, like it's yesterday's news, but we're fighting on this. Um, and for the families to see that it's a global fight and not a small Israeli private fight, that gives them a lot of strength. Um, and also, as you said, um, the other day I told my husband, if we wouldn't do that, I would need like a very, very close therapy <laughs> because all this sadness and darkness in this time and this fear, it really, it can makes people, it, it can make people really get depressed and feel alone. Uh, and there's something in this community and this stepping out and, and doing, being and doing um, that gives us all strength and we're fighting in this together. And I feel like in this fight to bring them home now, there's this big puzzle and everybody has their own part. So in Israel, they need to push the Israeli government. And uh, in Geneva, they need to push the, the Red Cross. And here we push the, the, the UN Secretary General and, and building these communities and working all together and, and keeping this topic on the news all the time. So this is our job around the world and, and we won't stop to it until they're all come home. They'll all be home. Amen. And I love that you said that everyone has a role to play. And, you know, if they're, and I hate to even say that there could be a silver lining to this nightmare, but if there is one, it is, I think, this feeling of unity among the Jewish people that we have not seen in a very long time. And, you know, someone asked someone else on social media, well, do you know anyone personally in Israel that this affected? And the answer is, Yes, millions of my brothers and sisters. And I really think that is the consensus um, among Jews around the world, that these are our family and we have to do whatever we can. So my absolute hats off to you and to your husband, Omer, and to the other people who are who are making these amazing events happen week in, week out, the Hostage and Missing Families Forum. By the way, um, you have these solidarity dog tags that can be ordered from your website, among other things, to let people know that our hearts are with those missing in Gaza. And um, there's information on there if people want to go and see. And I just, you know, applaud you for, for getting up every morning and for doing this, because as you said, it's not an easy battle. And it, it really is so meaningful to so many. Thank you. Um, I think I just want to add that this unity that you were talking about is so strong. On Friday morning, we had this demonstration outside of the UN. Thousands of people came, Orthodox, Reforms, Conservatives, young, elderly, um, Democrats, um, uh, uh, Republicans. We had everybody there. Um, and also, if you could see the logos on the invite, like all the organizations that co-sponsored this event, I don't think ever, or at least not in the last few years, we've ever seen such a 
big list of Jewish organizations from all kinds of Jewish uh, Jewishnessness. <laughs> um, we've we've never seen so many, and and to me, this is really heartwarming to see everybody understand that this fight is our very essence of our Jewish values to bring them home. This is everybody's mission. Um, and, and we really see um, the entire community, the global community stepping up for them. Um, we've just, uh, I just had a phone call with um, Shira Matalon. She's a, a niece of Yossi Sharabi, who was a hostage that was murdered. We saw the video by Hamas yesterday. Um, and she told me, I just want you to tell everyone in New York that we thank you so much for everything you've done for us. And please don't stop because we have so many people to save. Um, and the fact that this girl who just lost her uncle, like this is what she wanted to send the message that just keep on fighting and don't stop. Uh, to me, it's very strong. It's very strong. It's very powerful. And it, it's truly moving. And uh Again, this is just, you know, the <laughs> this is the side of the coin that is the love and the beauty and the care of the Jewish people. And as you said, and I will say it again, we just hope and pray and we'll continue to do what we can to bring them home, bring them all home and just hope that this comes as quickly as possible. Shani Ganot. Lubaton, thank you so much to you, to your family. Again, our, our deepest condolences and our deepest love and embrace to you, to your family, and to all those who are going through the unimaginable right now. We hope and pray for good days ahead. And Am Yisrael Chai. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Shani. Thank you.